What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the TT Podcast. It's episode number 25, and today I am joined by Prince. Hey there. And that's it. Um, Ace has gone AWOL. Maybe he'll jump in in the middle, uh, but for now, it's just the two of us, so uh, it's going to be a maybe a slim, lean, processed uh, podcast. Hmm. Um, got a couple of things to talk about, uh, a little bit of news to talk about, but nothing too big. Then we're going to talk about 2016, 2017, and more. Um, 2018? So start... <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and further, uh, 2020 perhaps, who knows? Uh, the sky's the limit. Um, so let's start off with some news. Um, it's a small thing, but uh, Gravity Rush 2 has a demo and an anime series that mm-hmm. was released. Um, I haven't had a chance to play the demo. Uh, yeah. But it is now available. I think they uh, they just kind of dropped it before Christmas. Yeah. Uh, is the anime anime series out now? Um. So the anime series is supposed to be out now. Um. It was supposed to release on the twenty second, I believe. Okay. Um. No, I'm just gonna check that now. I remember uh, reading about this on the blog, but I thought. At the time, I thought to myself, uh, I definitely want to get the game, the full game, when it comes out. I mean, it's one of my most anticipated games of 2017. Um, So I thought I could play the demo, or I can just... I mean, the thing about demos, especially when they're, you know, slices of the game, is they can kind of spoil parts of it for you. Um, So I thought to myself, I won't do that, because for one, it's a slice of the game, not an a unique demo and the other is yeah. that it doesn't unlock anything in the full de- in the full game so so there's no benefit to it mm. i mean it's great for people who can't wait to get their hands on it um but, yeah yeah I, I might give it a shot just to see what it's like um because i've played all of maybe five minutes of the original so oh no blasphemy i know i know i know uh, you don't even torches and pitchforks <laughs> you shouldn't be getting the second game you should be getting the first one well, I own the first one. I just uh, I haven't played more than like five minutes of it. <laughs> it's not the intention. I tried, but now I have it sitting on my dashboard, staring me in the face every time I boot up my PS4. So ah, uh, so you have the remastered version. That's good. No, 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 the demo. Oh, I see. The the uh, original I have on the Vita, which uh, okay. I don't play very much. So I I played it also on Vita. Um, I think it's good on Vita, but if you do have I mean, for anyone out there that has Zoomastered version, uh, I'm sure it's as good, if not better. Yeah, probably. Um, But yeah, so that has been released. And then in a follow-up to uh, news we were talking about earlier, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Crytek is closing all of its studios except for in Frankfurt and Kiev. Right. I think those Uh, are their main ones. Yeah, they are going to continue to do their high-quality work in those two studios, and they're just going to close all the rest, um, which, you know, seems to support the theory, at least, that they are in serious financial straits. Um, Yeah, and it definitely lends a lot of credence to the earlier um, unproven claims that people were not being paid. paid. (laughs) Right. I mean, this, this pretty much... It kind of confirms it. I mean, realistically, they closed those studios because they couldn't pay people, right? They they didn't want to continue to pay those people for whatever reason. 
right. because their finances didn't allow for it. They didn't just decide to, you know, close all those studios because they were doing great things and the money was totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's more than likely true that they were having issues paying people. Um, yeah, but and quite a few studios had closed, I think. They had a lot of friend uh, studios, which may have been cause of their trouble, but... Yeah, um, unfortunately, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what they have for studios, really. Hmm. Um, Crytek has always just been Crytek. Like, you don't hear so much about Crytek whatever and Montreal and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, usually just hear Crytek is making this thing. Um, yeah, I think Crytek UK, yeah, Crytek UK uh, closed down in 2014, apparently. Mm. Um, I was... Th- thinking about in regards to people being paid because um i think well hopefully um nobody is directly connected to the employees but for those that are just you know um concerned through empathy um you might be wondering if them being closed down means they'll get paid um generally i think hopefully they will i mean obviously they're not going to be paid for the time in the future where they're not going to be working but right. for the time that they weren't paid in the past well theoretically weren't paid in the past uh hopefully they will be paid because i don't know um whether they will use uh local law or whether the law will defer to the parent company's law which presumably is their german branch um mm-hmm. and obviously i'm not an expert on german law but in terms of what i know about the uk law is that when a company is shutting down um employees are pretty high on the list of people that get paid um, mm-hmm. with what's remaining in the money. So uh, hopefully those people will all be paid for the work that they did. Yeah. I mean, regardless, they would still be owed that money. So, yeah. but if the if company the... declares itself bankrupt and there's nothing, then obviously you right. can't take something from nothing. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm guessing just, you know, they're keeping two studios open, so it doesn't mm. seem like they're completely broke bankrupt yet. Mm. However, just because I was I was reading a statement and Yurley, um, the uh, co-founder and managing direct, director, um, you know, he's making a comment about how all they're going to do this world, world-class development and all this kind of stuff. Um, but the closing line was... Uh, we believe that going through this challenging process will make us a more agile, viable, and attractive studio primed for future success, mm-hmm. which could just, he could mean attractive to high quality development talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, certainly that would be probable if you, you trim down the number of people that you have, then you have more money to pay, you know, better quality developers or whatever to work at those said studios. Oh. Um but that can also be read that they are looking to sell what's left, um, which wouldn't surprise me. I mean, at this point, they've been having financial troubles for so long mm-hmm. um, that they do have things of value. And if they can find a way to maybe sell that, that might be in their best interest for literally everybody involved. The people in charge for the employees that still work there, mm-hmm. you know, that, that would at least guarantee some continuation of the work. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I can see that. So, but we'll we'll see. Um, you know, hopefully things turn out well for everybody. The people that were potentially not getting paid, hopefully they'll get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully Crytek can get back to making really beautiful games. 
that would be awesome. Yeah, but can it run Crisis? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and uh, that's actually about it for news, uh, because, you know, we're just coming off of the holidays, and uh, nobody was working. So yeah. there's really not a lot of, to talk about, except that it's a new year. 2016 is officially over, mm-hmm. so we have stuff to talk about, about 2016. Right. So, without further ado, would you care to talk about your favorite games from 2016? Yeah, well, I didn't finish drafting a list, list actually. But, um, That's all right. I can, I can bounce off anything that you said, um, you've got. Sure. Um, so, for me, I have to say that my, if I had to pick top games of 2016, mm-hmm. it would probably be, um, The Witness would be somewhere near the top. Okay. Um, I've really enjoyed the crap out of Final Fantasy XV mm-hmm. and Watch Dogs 2. Um, and I'm probably forgetting something uh, that I really loved. But um, And as an honorable mention, I did want to include Doom, mm-hmm. uh, which, unfortunately, I didn't play enough of the game to be able to be like, hey, you know, this game is fantastic, but I did love the heck out of what I played. Um, okay. So I definitely want to mention that. Um, I think if I had to choose a game that was my favorite, it would probably have been The Witness. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it was kind of mind-blowingly good it was just best quite... world. Mm. yeah uh, did you play it no no but viewed from afar <laughs> it's quite a yeah. bold choice to choose a puzzle game for your game of the year yeah um but it was i mean the way it was put together it was very well done um mm-hmm. the you know people have compared it to learning a language and i i think that's kind of accurate um the somebody else actually and i can't remember who it was some other games journalist um described it as a metroidvania where all of the keys are in your mind okay um which is incredibly an incredibly apt comparison where the skill has literally nothing to do with your ability to control anything except for your brain so Hmm. As you learn to do more things, your avenues, you know, the paths you can follow increase and the puzzles you can solve are more complex and ultimately more rewarding just because you're completing them, really. Yeah. Um, But you get to explore more of this island and whatever. And it's just every, you know, like in the first hour or so, there's like four or five times where you just get hit in the face and you're like, oh my God, that's what this is. And everything just kind of clicks and you see things more clearly. Mm-hmm. And it's just that feeling is phenomenal. Um, so yeah. I probably picked that as my favorite game this year. Um, though there have been a lot of really quality games. Uh, obviously, we've talked at length about Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal game. <laughs> well, very, very fun game. Uh, definitely has its flaws. Uh, I'll admit that it has plenty of flaws. Uh, okay. But what is there is definitely uh, enjoyable. And it, it put its skill points where it mattered. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Um, so, do you have thoughts on that? On uh, Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah, yeah. As, a, as a top game of the year. Yeah, I'd say it has to be one of mine. Of course it has to, because, yeah. I mean, 
Final Fantasy I, I always enjoy and I've been looking forward to it. Um, this one I would say, in terms of where it stands in time, um, it's nice. Uh, it's nice as the headline Final Fantasy of 2016. Um, it's kind of showcasing that we've got, well, for the future of the franchise, in terms of options, we have uh, a very successful open world. We have a fast-paced action uh, battle system that's, mm-hmm. I think, in many ways more successful than 13s. Yes, um, or even 12, I, I think. Yeah, that's true. It, I I have to say, as action RPG systems go, it's probably not the, the best I've ever seen, but it is probably mm-hmm. one of the best that I've ever seen that involves a party. Because mm-hmm. um, like when you compare it to maybe, say, like Witcher or... Um, Elder Scrolls or something like that. Okay. Uh, not very many games, I think, manage to capture that very well. Uh, but this does it fairly well, and uh, it does it far better, I think, than, yeah, like Final Fantasy thirteen or twelve did it. Mm. They're learning in that sense. <laughs> yes. The Final Fantasy team. Um, and we've actually, I'd say it's a pretty big game. Um, so they're not turning towards shortchanging us in any regard. Um, and in while well, Final Fantasy XIII did open it up a lot towards the end, uh, the size of how much was there, I don't think it really compares at all. No. Um, as, it did take me a long time, but yes. yeah, it wasn't as much uh, of a big world. Um, so yeah, yeah the, I'm, uh, I'm happy with it, I'd say. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, it's funny because it's like, it's a flawed game. I could see where Final Fantasy 15 for some younger gamers could be their Final Fantasy 7. Yeah, which is ultimately um, what anyone would hope for. Anyone that has had right. their Final Fantasy wants that for other people. Yeah, so like there there are problems, you know, the the gameplay I think is probably too easy and there's some um weird narrative pacing uh at certain points. Yeah. But all all said it is a good quality game and Final Fantasy VII did have its, you know, shortcomings too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I could totally see this is of that kind of quality. It felt so Final Fantasy. It, it feels like a, it is kind of a great launching point for people just getting into it. This mm-hmm. is, it'd be hard to really be let down by this game unless you have a very, I don't know, very specific definition of what a Final Fantasy game is. Yeah, I, uh, I don't really blame people that are not satisfied with it but I'd, yeah. I'd say as for what they were going for and what they've achieved i'd say to do it um i'd say the other thing also that uh it makes it a standout is that or sort of makes it uh, a success or a proof um of what they wanted is that it does look uh excellent um mm-hmm. putting it in x2 world of fan fantasy that game looks um sort of very very polished but it yeah. doesn't have the same kind of uh realistic beauty that 15 has so they've very much succeeded in that regard definitely yeah it is a beautiful looking game um it's probably not like the best quality um there are games that you know look better in terms of textures and that kind of stuff yeah they've had to make compromises for the gameplay and the size the scope yeah certainly i mean usually my biggest problem with it has been loading textures really uh, just because it's, you know, putting so much on the screen at once. But they do a great job of 
really packing detail into the game. Even when you're just kind of running through the woods or whatever, it, it doesn't feel like it's just this empty world. Like there's just, there's foliage everywhere that looks like it belongs there and people and buildings. And, um, the, the fact that like certain parts of the game are just, you, you walk into like ostensibly a city. I mean, granted you're not going into every building or whatever, but it, it feels lively. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really adds, I think to the story, which doesn't come off. I don't think nearly as well if you don't buy into that world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that is a, an awesome game. Probably definitely not the best game of the year, but certainly the best final fantasy we've gotten in a long time. And, uh, realistically, I think a great entry for the series going forward. Hmm. Um, and then another game that I love the crap out of that wasn't, you know, probably not the best game of the year, but Watch Dogs 2 was quite a fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a lot going for it. It had, again, one of those worlds, there was a lot packed into it. It yeah. felt lively. It felt like a place. Um, and the the game was fun. Like, it just, you'd jump into it and mess around and have a good time. And I wasn't even just, you know, running around blowing stuff up. Just, you know, playing the game and getting through the missions was enjoyable. Um, so mm. definitely recommend that as well. So you, you could kind of jump into it and just have a bit of fun going forward and getting things done, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's got obviously that, um, the, the Ubisoft sort of world building where like you can jump into it and spend 15 minutes and feel like you did something mm. because you collected a thing or cleared through an area or something like that. Um, but realistically, it was just kind of fun to, you know, sneak into buildings and hack stuff and have weird things happen. Uh, play around with a ridiculous but enjoyable cast of characters. Yeah. Did you have a preferred gameplay style or did you mix it up? Um, I, I pretty consistently played it. I, I wouldn't say stealthy because mm-hmm. uh, I actually very rarely entered any given area. Yeah, uh, I used my drones to go in and do stuff. Mm. Um, well, that so is one was... of the options, like one of the things that sets it apart, a specific option for this series. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and it's, um, you know, it's definitely an extension of what they did with, uh, God, I can't remember the DLC from the first one. Uh, Bad Blood? T-Bone. Huh? Bad, Bad Blood. Blood. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Taylor Swift. Uh, T- T-Bone had... Uh, um, a little RC car and it was fantastic, but it was way overpowered because it had a taser attached to yeah. it. And so basically they stripped that off and it, w- it was like just right. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's very enjoyable. Um, and I imagine if you played it stealthily and without your drones, uh, I, I imagine that would be quite enjoyable too. Mm. The, um, the weapon play and all that is perfectly fine. Uh, mm. probably the weakest way to play it, but if, Enjoy that that's fine <laughs> mm. well, it gives um, you options right yeah yeah absolutely um but yeah it it also you know it removes that dissonance if you play that sort of slow methodical with the drones and all that stuff you don't feel quite a, as bad about what you're doing you know <laughs> randomly killing people uh, okay well hopefully you uh you my friend don't get your hands on a drone in real life <laughs> 
Yeah, I know, right? I'd, I'd probably take somebody's arm off by accident in the <laughs> span of 15 seconds or something. I, I would not trust myself with that. I would probably, if I saw a drone in the sky, I would probably just start running in the opposite direction. Which oh, okay. would do nothing, because it would move way faster than I did, but I would just be... Irrational fear of drones. No, to. no. Uh, irrational fear of hobbyist drone flyers uh-huh. is probably more accurate. <laughs> Um, Especially if they don't have the uh, cognitive dissonance. Yes, right. <laughs> exactly. Maybe, maybe they don't. They don't mind. So, who knows? Um, and then again, like I said, Doom is awesome. It's really fun, really fast-paced. Lots of action and shooting and boom and explosions and all that fun stuff. Um, mm-hmm. At least from what I've played and from what I've heard, it's probably its weakest point too that that's pretty much all the game is for you know, 12 15 hours or whatever but uh, yeah i think definitely. that's listening to them speak about it i think that's by design yeah yep absolutely very enjoyable mm. did you have anything you wanted to add to that uh to yours yeah uh i well i'm afraid i haven't played most of them <laughs> sorry uh, to say well that's okay say so, yeah, i um i found out that i can use the my game collection feature on true trophies to um add add a column for the release date and then i can sort it by release date and then i can find out which games i played that released in 2016 oh which is nice yeah that helps me uh get a lot more info (laughs) because i was looking at my games page and i was thinking which of these are new and which of them have i played recently and that was a mess um yeah i imagine so I'd say the ones here that I, I actually haven't played a lot of games that were released in 2016. It's something I'm looking to address in 2017. But um, so the ones that I bought that came out, uh, I bought them when they came out. Obviously, Final Fantasy 15 and World of Final Fantasy. Um, Obviously, I would say between the two, my favorite. Uh, well, maybe it's a bias because I played 15 more recently, but my favorite probably is 15. Um, yeah. Even though. To get the trophies, you can probably do it in about the same time. I spent uh, just... I completed... I, By the way, in the past week, I got the Platinum World of Final Fantasy. Just Ooh. under 100 hours. Uh, yeah. But you don't need to spend that long. I just was enjoying it. Um, oh, good. Yeah. But the thing with the difference with World of Final Fantasy is once you get the Platinum, it's basically over. Whereas with Final Fantasy fifteen, once you get the Platinum, it's basically open and open season on the rest of the end game content so yeah. um yeah i mean that that would have to be one of my uh favorite games of the year even though world of final fantasy is very different from 15 uh yeah. it's got it's got a different kind of charm and appeal and it's definitely um i, I think maybe they did it on purpose maybe it's by accident but it's focused on many of the things 15 has left behind so it's got uh, the traditional turn-based battle system. It's got very traditional-looking characters. For example, um, Bahamut in World of Final Fantasy is just like a big beast, and he uses uh, Mega Flare when you mm. summon him, and it's just like it's like flashbacks watching yeah. these uh, creatures in World of Final Fantasy. Whereas in Fifteen, um, take Leviathan for example. You can see Leviathan even in the demo, so I'm sure it's not spoiling yeah. anyone. But um, it's like a big I mean, it's definitely huge. Yeah, it's it's yeah, exactly. It's, these creatures are like 
they're not giants they're more like gods in 15 mm. and um that's relevant in the story but in world of final fantasy it's like you're summoning your big giant pet and that's yeah. the sort of traditional summons um so yeah that's nice uh yeah and i i think you're right it, it probably is sort of by design mm. um i mean if you think of what like when i think of world of final fantasy it is specifically the type of game that calls back to all of that yeah. Final Fantasy nostalgia. Like, that's their whole play. That's why it's got, you know, many versions of your favorite characters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that too. Um, and I, I think that's very appropriate that it ended up coming out this year mm -hmm. uh, in contrast to 15, which is very clearly, you know, a sort of, you know, marker for where Final Fantasy is going. Like, this is... Yeah. A game that is action based, which the games have been getting progressively more action based uh, and more cinematic and melding those fantasy elements with modern day elements, and, mm -hmm. you know, open and stuff. Yeah. And both of them, I mean, I was going to say 15 is future uh, forward looking, but both of them do look back fondly and uh, sort of give you nudges towards the past that you may have shared if you're a long time series fan. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what else? Batman. Uh, I've still only played the first three episodes. Forgive me, mm. but um, I look forward to playing the last few episodes sometime this year. But I, I certainly have enjoyed the first three episodes enough to say I, I love that from 2016. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would have to. I would have to agree. It's been pretty enjoyable from what I played. Mm -hmm. It's probably not the best sign that I didn't go back and play it. Anymore. But that pretty much happens to me with all of the Telltale games. I play like two or three episodes and mm -hmm. then I put it down. And then by the time I have a chance to get back to it, I, I, it's just like, well, I should probably go back and play it again. So yeah, that that's probably more a reflection of me. Than mm. I, yeah, I can understand getting stuck in that. Mm -hmm. For me, it yeah. was not just to reassure anyone. Um, it's not because I hated where it went uh, when I left off, but because I don't want it to end, I don't want to go back and play the last four hours or whatever it is and then think there's nothing left. I don't, you know, that disappointing feeling when you watch the last episode of a series. Um, so, well, yeah, I very much, I very much do. Um, there's <laughs> actually a commercial, I don't know if you've seen it, if, it, if it's just an American TV, something or other, uh, but there's, there's a commercial talking about the show hole. And it's this hole that? that you end up. It, so it's um like it's it's this woman sitting on a couch watching something on TV, and the credits roll on the last episode of whatever she's been been binge watching. Uh, yeah, um, I think it's for like Hulu or something. And it's like you've entered the show hole, and it's like this super depressing like look at now. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? <laughs> and, you know, like yeah, yeah. It's I have no purpose anymore. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I very much understand, yeah, not wanting things to end. Yeah. Um, so only two more games I bought that came out this year. I bought them at launch. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. Not a lot to say about that because it's just a really nice game. Um, yeah, It's solid. pretty much everything it should have been, but that's not enough in some regards. But Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think that's really its biggest problem is that you know, it does everything right, but it's only everything that you expected. Yeah. Um, it doesn't it doesn't go above and beyond. It's just a 
really solid, fun three third person action platformer. Mm. Um, and it, it nails that to a T. It just mm. you're not gonna be like surprised or you're not gonna find more than you thought. You you may find actually less than you thought. It's, you know, some things that maybe you would have liked that aren't in there. But it is a solid, fun, beautiful looking game. Mm. Just to clarify, when I say it's not enough, I did I meant for um the series's popularity. It's enough for me. I got everything I wanted out of the game, I was really happy, but um it's not enough for the series to blow up and become really popular, which is sad and unfortunate. Like comparing that to say Crash Bandicoot, which is like it gets cheers when someone wears a t shirt. Uh yeah. Ratchet and Clank should have that status, but it unfortunately doesn't. I think it's well, worth I, it, but I think it I think we'll probably end up seeing another one. Um, yeah, I, hope so. I don't think that's the last of it because realistically Sony is, you know, long invested in series that you probably shouldn't have. I mean, mm-hmm. realistically like Crash Bandicoot, like yeah, back in the day it was it was pretty good, but I, I don't expect anything special out of this, you know. Yeah. It's probably not something we should be, you know, Sony should be investing in. But it's going to make people happy, and I think Ratchet and Clank realistically is probably going to be more consistent than than Crash would be. Yeah, oh, I just feel like Crash doesn't enough. have a future. Yeah, but um, so hopefully, you know, I, I see it being able to draw a big enough crowd to justify more games. I just don't expect them to like grow necessarily. Mm. Yeah. Um. And the other thing was uh, The Division, which is uh, um, a disappointment to many. I'm fairly happy with it. I got a lot of things out of it that I didn't expect to get out. For example, I, rather than talking about things other people have talked about, I would say my number one highlight from The Division is, because it's a level-based RPG shooter, unlike most, um, yeah. and if you compare to things like Fallout or... The Elder Scrolls, where it's level based. Um, if you wander around to areas you're not supposed to go, you basically just get murdered. Um, whereas in the Division, uh, the th- the thing that's really cool is the way it merges stealth and action. So you can you can go across the map to somewhere where you're so out leveled that you get shot down in one bullet, and you just like if the bullet hits you, you just die on the spot. Um, so it becomes that kind of the kind of vision of what it, um, not what it could have been, but what in an alternate status it it is, um, sort of what it is and could have been in the sort of strange quantum continuum. Like, uh, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. Maybe I'm I, right. it, it, <laughs> basically about about thirty seconds ago, I had a much better idea of what you were trying to say. About <laughs> <right>. <laughs> um, so basically, the way um, the way that the level system punishes you is not how it should have been designed, but it works beautifully in the way it is designed. Um, so I'm, that's not making any more sense. But basically, if you subvert the mechanics against itself, you can make mm-hmm. a different kind of gameplay for yourself intentionally. Not no one, not everyone should experience, but for those that love stealth, it's mm-hmm. perfect. It's a perfect storm the way it's currently designed. Um, so wow. the goal is go and sneak to every single safe house when you're severely underleveled, and the gameplay becomes like this incredible cross-city stealth mission, 
where you're going to a safe area um, through the most... Like, it's behind enemy lines, basically, in game form. You you ever see that, um, that film? Uh, yeah. It's like, if he gets seen, he's a dead man. So he's got to sneak around and use his wits against the city. Well, he wasn't in the city. Oh, I suppose um, Escape from New York was in the city. But um, yeah, that's what this gameplay becomes. You, you've got to use your wits against the AI. And it becomes so intense. The, high, the stakes are just as high as they've ever beca- been in this game. Um, yeah. And it's brilliant. I mean, it, it, it sounds like it actually adds the survivalist elements that probably should have been part of the game. Mm. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, that's a good choice of words because the new survival DLC, from what I've seen of it, I haven't played it yet, but from what I've seen of it, it seems to have a similar kind of stakes because you start with new gear, so you're weak, you're vulnerable yeah. again. But this is a yeah. way in the base game that you can make it happen. Yeah, because it... I mean, realistically, the idea of the game is, you know, it's this broken down city and theoretically with danger around every corner and God only knows. But realistically, as you level up, it's not around every corner. It's, you know, at the far reaches of your sort of safe zone. Mm -hmm. You know, you have this large-ish area where you're in a comfortable level range where you can run around, shoot stuff, take it on, and it's not really going to be a problem. Um, Yeah. And then if you venture beyond that, then yeah, maybe you'll die. But it doesn't carry that threat of danger the way that you would probably hope such a game would. Right. The thing that makes the game silly in the long run, and it's necessary for the RPG gameplay, but the thing that makes it silly is when you're super powerful and you're going against... Basically, an army spawns on the other side of the map and you kill them and you're just thinking... The whole setup of the game, the, the trailers that sold this game, the things that made it really awesome in the yeah. run up to it, the, the sort of the atmosphere of it is that you're a single agent who is just a normal person. That was actually a large part of the marketing. You're just a normal person. Well, I mean, secretly trained, but basically a human. Right. Um, and you go and you take back the city. And that's like the escape from New York. Like you, you're a man against incredible odds. and um, or woman, man or woman, and um, that yeah. completely dissolves when you're so powerful that you're just watching groups spawn and killing them. Even yeah, I mean, it's high level content where you die in a few bullets. You're still way too powerful for that encounter. I mean, as as we tend to see it, like E3 and whatnot. Uh, the, yeah, the original pitch of it was really very much about you know you are this person and you are part of a group of people trying to you know, take back this city, whatever it was. Mm. But I mean, they, they really played on that need for other people. Um, and even down to the point where, if I remember correctly, like the initial one, the, the initial reveal, theoretically, there was, you know, somebody playing on their iPad that was controlling the drone for you or some such, right? Like, mm. I feel like that was totally a thing. Yeah. Um, so like the, the necessity of playing with others, but it, that was supposed to be sort of core to the game. And then the way the game actually ended up was that you didn't really need people. <laughs> a lot of people, I think, ended up playing that game sort of solo. Mm. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's it's got its merits, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were the games that I bought, uh, the big games that I bought at launch. Actually, there are a couple more games I bought at launch, Severed for Vita, 
just mm-hmm. fantastic. Nothing needs to be said. It's, it, if you if you don't know about Severed for Vita, it's also on Wii U if you prefer. Um, mm-hmm. Look it up. I know that you know. Um, Actually, yeah. If if you're interested in Severed, it is a very good game. Um, I would definitely recommend it. In fact, I did recommend it. I wrote the review for the site that came. So mm-hmm. if you're interested, there's a review on the site for it. It's definitely it. No, it's probably the last great Vita game, and for me, it's one of the best Vita games. Yeah, I would definitely. I wouldn't be surprised if nothing quite matches that at this point. Mm. Um, Except for maybe. Oh no, Persona's not coming to Vita, right? Uh, Damn. I'm not. Yeah, I guess not. PS3 and PS4, I think. In, right. Yeah. In the West. Because so, yeah, in so the they know that in the West the Vita is past its time. Whereas in Japan they might be releasing it for Vita, but. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple other games not really worth mentioning. Um, Gone Home is the one that I would mention. The last game, the last game I've mentioned for 2016 that I've played is Gone Home, and I'd say I know that it came out a long time before that on PC. I actually had it on PC a long time before that. Never played it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just it's just so different, and um, yeah, it yeah, really I makes would... its point. Yeah. So it. it... I think came to to PlayStation this year. Yeah, it um, did. I've got the release date um, according to us as twelfth uh, of January, so just barely edging in. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I would have to agree with that. If you haven't played it, absolutely go and play it. Um, it certainly doesn't qualify as like a game of the year because it's definitely not from this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just as an example, like I ended up playing it this year, and then I ended up recommending it to my sister who played it and then bought it for her boyfriend's sister ah. to play um so like it it's it's good like it's a really good game people are recommending it to each other <laughs> I so for me i don't know that i could recommend gone home as unilaterally um it's definitely yeah. got some things that basically there are some people if you know them well enough you know that you can't recommend this game because something will make That's them hate true. it. Um, yeah. Which is a kind of unfortunate reality, but then people, different people have different preferences and uh, and judgments. So in some ways it's not for everyone, but for people who, it's it's difficult to say, to sort of explain the criteria without spoiling too much of the game. But for people right. that love a sort of exploration of character um, about the bond between sisters and parents um, and sort of, they don't mind that uh, gameplay of just wandering around an old family home and finding out uh, sort of what's happening, the dark secrets and so on. Um, then, yeah, look more into it and hopefully don't spoil anything, but then yeah. give it a try. Yeah, absolutely. And it, if you if you consider yourself a generally open-minded person, I imagine that you'd quite enjoy the story of the game too. Yeah. If you've listened to us talk about it for this song, then you probably are suitable. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, all right, so with 2016 out of the way, we move into 2017. Is there anything in particular that you're most excited about? What What do you want to see come out of 2017? Um, broadly or specifically? Well, let's let's start with games. Are there any particular games that you are interested in that coming in 2017 what are your top picks 
a few definitely um i'm definitely looking forward to gravity rush 2 as said um i just remembered when we were talking about the division i'm looking forward to ghost recon i'm not sure that it's going to be good but i hope that i can enjoy it <laughs> yeah certainly um what else i mean yeah i'll, I'll recognize them as you remind me but i can't find a list right now to uh <laughs> jog my yeah, memory I mean, so just running through some popular like obviously big games um there's a resident evil game coming out in uh three weeks oh yes uh resident evil 7 um i'm kind of curious about that one uh mm. i i heard it's much more resident evil than the trailers and whatever have made it out to be okay. so that's a good thing because that that was my major um that was my major concern is that it kind of would lose its its resident evilness uh that's that's extremely vague <laughs> uh yeah what, I, what, do you, what do you mean too much horror too little action or too much action well so i mean you know resident evil has long been a third person survival horror action ish game okay uh, to some degree yeah uh, and there's been a certain level of over the topness and um it's been you know horror necessarily has not been a big part of it really like okay. Yeah, there are jump scares and stuff like that, but it's not like, you know, make your skin crawl gross type of, you know, torture porn, whatever. Yeah, but uh, those PS1 graphics, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's that's fair. I guess that's true. Maybe <laughs> maybe that was part of the intent. Um, I don't remember that, though. Uh, the polygons. Yeah, they didn't have enough polygons. <laughs> yeah, but so they, the original looks at it were getting kind of like... You know, there's one part with a bunch of kettles sitting around a table and oh, yeah. whatever, and force feeding people stuff and whatever. And I was like, ah, no. <laughs> like, if this is, you know, I, I've got nothing wrong with that being in the game, mm-hmm. but if that's what the game is, that's not really something I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, from what I understand from accounts of people who have played it that can't really talk a whole lot about it, um, it does sort of play like a first-person Resident Evil game. It's very much rooted in old-school Resident Evil stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. That's all like you know third-hand information. So take that with a grain of salt. But okay. Um, so that's coming. Um, not long after that, we've got um, Horizon Zero Dawn, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think we need to explain it really. I mean, that just looks like an awesome sort of. Uh, that's definitely a blockbuster. Yeah, that's that I would say is a you know maybe not a fall blockbuster, but it's definitely a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? For Honor is theoretically coming out this year. I know some people are excited about that. I never really captured my attention. Um, mm. Let's see what else we got going on. Ghost Recon Wildlands is supposed to come out. Uh, Ace Ace would definitely be with me on uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew. Oh yeah, uh, which is coming have we got out a date? March. Okay. Uh March fourteenth, I believe, at the moment. All right. Um Mass Effect Andromeda is coming out. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, you know, I could be tempted by that, but I feel like if it's not got me by now, maybe I won't. Yeah, I have to say that um all of the information for Mass Effect Andromeda has had me kind of lukewarm, which mm-hmm. I love the crap out of the original trilogy. Uh, but it's not done anything to grab me yet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't shown me why I should give a crap about this. It seems like it's more of the same, but without all of the characters and story that I was connected to before, which is such an important part of that. Yeah. Series. Strangely. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure that it could be a great story, but they're not really doing anything that's getting my attention, dragging me in. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm sure that I'll play it just because I love the original trilogy and I definitely want to give it a shot. But right now, I can't say that it's something excited about per se. Yeah, the same. I I mean, I very much uh, enjoyed the first few games, and I need to go back and finish the third, which is probably much of the reason why. Well, not finish. I basically need to start over from scratch and do all my playthroughs. But that's probably the reason why I'm sort of not excited about four because I never finished three in many ways. So, yeah, um, Ukulele is going to be coming out, um, which is fantastic. Uh, third person, uh, sort of classic platformer game. Right. Um, this is the uh, Banjo Kazooie spiritual successor, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's made by a bunch of ex rare people. Um, who actually worked on Banjo-Kazooie. So mm-hmm. it is definitely, like, if you've seen any of the stuff, it's two more animals that have complementary abilities and yeah. explore a ridiculous world with cartoonishly evil villain animals and stuff. <laughs> so Subtle, um, not subtle. Yeah, very much so. Um, if you were a fan of um, Banjo-Kazooie, this will probably be a game for you. I mean, provided it turns out to be a good game. Um, yeah. They certainly appear to be trying to appeal to that audience. So, um, there's a new South Park game, The Fractured But Whole. Uh, mm-hmm. Not my thing. Not much of a um, South Park guy, but uh, Persona Five, obviously. Oh yes, that's definitely one of mine. <laughs> yeah, um, I've I have Golden sitting on my Vita, and I just I haven't had the chance, really, the time to sit down and calmly take that in. Um, you need a hell of a lot of hours for that. <laughs> my yeah, exactly. So, um, I, you know, with the way things are going, odds are I'll probably just end up jumping in straight into five and end up playing. Yeah, it. just because I'm I'm also very much not a mobile gamer. I tend to play on a TV. Mm. Well, that is one of the great things about the series is that they are disconnected and you can jump in at anyone. I mean, you don't get the same sort of history of where the franchise has been but it's the same with Final Fantasy like you, there's nothing to stop people jumping in at 15 or Persona 5 yes exactly um oh yeah there's um well theoretically the Uncharted um standalone DLC The Lost Legacy um oh, okay. I would I would expect would come out uh this year makes sense uh, yeah. but but that hasn't been confirmed um pray maybe uh days gone maybe oh yeah i mean now we're getting into the into the maybes oh yeah um, do we not have any more um ones with a month or season at least um it's kind of tough because like there's a lot of games that we could safely assume are coming out next year that just don't have dates um ah. outlast 2 i wouldn't be surprised if it came out this year isn't, um isn't but... Outlast 2 out oh. or is the it? demo is out uh, no, I think that well, they were supposed to release a demo. I don't know that they did. Um, okay. Gran Turismo. <laughs> um, I'd be surprised. It's so theoretically, it's supposed to be coming out this year, um, mm-hmm. but we again, we don't know when. Uh, yeah. it, it just kind of quietly slipped into 2017. I think. 
for the most part. Um, Detroit Become Human, obviously, is oh, yeah. one of those games. It's like, I could see that coming out, but we haven't heard anything. Definitely going to keep my eye on that. I don't know if I'll buy it right away, but going to keep my eye on it for sure. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's just so many games. Like, I mean, if you, if you just think back to um, E3, it's like, how many games did they show? 12, 14 games. <laughs> two, two of them had a release window. Uh, the rest of them were just like to be decided. Um, God of War. Like, we have no idea when God of War is coming out. Or yeah, that seemed like. Spider Man, um, Spider-Man, I think, is far away. Knack 2 is. Uh, I mean, when when is that coming out? Oh, it was um, only just I mean, announced, yeah. I mean, it was just announced, but, you know, it was a launch game, and, you know, even if they took some time off, that game has still been in development for at least two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, you know, at this point, probably more likely three years. Um, so for that game, three years is kind of a lot already. So at mm-hmm. some point, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it came out this year. Um, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, so... I feel like there's I mean, more that I can't remember right now. Yeah, there's, like, tons of games that I was, like, super stoked to play. And just for the life of me, I just can't come up with mm-hmm. the rest of them. But, anyways, so, aside from that, are there any, like, trends or things that you're looking forward to in 2017? Um, are you are you planning on getting a VR headset? Uh... Oh. I sh- I want one, but I really shouldn't. I well, the funny thing is, um, I didn't tell you this before the podcast, but I got um today. I took my broken TV to the repair shop, and uh, I was told that it's not worth repairing. I actually have had the same TV repaired already twice. Um, wow! So I ended up getting a new TV. Uh, reluctantly, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. it was basically that, or I have a twenty-two inch, which I basically have to keep an arm's distance from my face to actually use. Um, yep. So I got a new TV um, and that has uh, 4K and HDR. Um, I'm not boasting, I promise you. It's probably a lot more modest, modest than most people's TVs. But um, so, I mean, the point of the story is that now that I've got that and I've had to pay for that, obviously by myself, um, I really can't in good faith get a, um PSVR. Yeah. Um oh, uh Ding uh Dungamrampa is coming out next year. Ah, uh, yes. Well, this year. That's actually coming out very soon, uh the 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, well, are you getting a PSVR? You certainly are planning on getting Bridge Crew, so I'd think so. <laughs> yeah, right. Um I mean, I'm super excited to play that game. Whether or not I actually have VR, that's something else entirely, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe I suppose just... the key question is: is if assuming that game is as good as you hope it is, um, is that by itself it a reason enough to like? Is it a system seller for you? I'm not gonna lie. If and this is a big if, if my dad was still alive, it probably would have been because we were like such big Star Trek geeks together, mm-hmm. and just the idea of sitting with him and playing that game would friggin that would totally be worth it. Um, I I don't know that it's quite that level um, that outside of that, I would have got it just for that. However, that is a big selling point. Um, And we'll, we'll see how the, uh, 
the actual reviews come out for that one. But, um, I mean, I, I would like to get a VR headset at some point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've left it wide open. Uh, my, my birthday is at the end of January. So, uh-huh. um, Oh, I see how it is. <laughs> Hoping your wife yeah, will so, get it for you. Well, if not the wife, so um, I for for my day job, I work retail, and I live about mm, what four hundred miles away from my family. Mm-hmm. Um, my family all lives up in New England, and I'm you know down by DC, so I don't see them for the holidays. Usually, in the middle of January, I fly up. We to see them. Um, we do my mom's birthday. We do my birthday. We do the holidays. So, theoretically, that could be a, a Christmas slash birthday gift from any number of people. Ah, uh, you're, so, you're so, uh, I can't think of the phrase. <laughs> uh, put I, your, yeah, play, your I, cards right. That's that's what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a distinct possibility. Um, I, I could definitely see, more than likely, my parents potentially have maybe got it for me. They probably would have asked my wife what to get me because you know that's how things go um and then she probably would have been like well he's been talking about this vr thing so we'll see socks. we'll see yeah yeah right and then i'll get a giant box of socks yeah <laughs> uh but so yeah and, and that's about it like and that's it for games in 2017 um mm. scorpio is theoretically coming out this year oh yeah um and so what kind of shift that makes in the game industry that should be interesting. Oh, um, that's um speaking of uh you asked about trends earlier. Um I hope that the uh trend of giving four K patches and HDR updates um takes hold because I feel like if the PS4 doesn't embrace it, then we're just gonna end up with a big divide between uh not only what PC is evolving into, but well, not evolving, but growing into constantly, um, and what Scorpio can potentially offer if they have a better implementation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that that would be nice. I'm, that's going to come down to developers and really, uh, I guess, saturation of the market, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to happen. I mean, even if you look at um, like the saturation of 4K TVs, people have been talking about 4K TVs especially game enthusiasts for the past, you know, six months now, very consistently because the companies are pushing for it and people are getting interested in it. And it's been a while since you've upgraded your TV, maybe your TV broke, whatever. Um, So I I think it's getting to that point where people are seriously considering it, even though theoretically you may not even need a 4k TV, Mm -hmm. depending on how far you sit from your TV. (laughs) Um, But but I think it's getting to that point where, like, if you end up buying a new TV, it's going to be 4K. So yeah. I think the saturation is going to be there. Yeah, when I was in the shop today, um, it was a small shop, admittedly, but basically his cheapest options were 4K, so... Yeah, yep. Uh, I would say um, the reason, the main reason why that's a big concern for me, and I don't think it's inevitable, I think it has to be earned, is because um, so far the implementation of 4k patches on ps4 pro has not been stellar uh, there have been a lot of issues and uh if that continues then we'll have a problem yeah uh, not having a 4k tv i've not really paid a whole lot of attention to it mm-hmm. but i do know like several games have had patches for those patches 
So yeah. that's that's not great. Um, it's okay to have uh, like teething issues at this stage, but yeah, it needs to be better. I mean, realistically, I'm sure that several of those games. I mean, maybe the newer games it, it was something on their mind, but you know, if you look back to some of the older games, those games were not just not made with the idea of 4K in mind. Mm -hmm. They were just not made with ever having the prospect of having 4K in mind. Yeah. You know, so like... Well, mm -hmm. well I if, didn't... If you... Sorry, you got, finish. Oh, it was just a, you know, like, I, I can't imagine, you know, you have to sort of set your games up to be patched in certain ways, and I'm not sure that many games were necessarily designed to have basic video functionality patched. You know, yeah. So, yeah, changing things like um, the frame rate and things like that, it has a ripple effect in some games depending on how they're coded. Like in Doom, um, he was saying in the documentary, he was saying how uh, getting the timing right for the music and the elevator reaching the top and the shotgun being reloaded at the exact same moment, getting all that um, right, and while meanwhile, you know, the performances work in progress like that was a difficult job just for that one second of like perfection um yeah so i feel like and also if you change things like frame rate then other things um may be tied to frame rate and then the rhythm yes. of those things go off and the controls go off and all that sort um yeah i mean the 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 days when like actual gameplay was tied to frame rate mm -hmm. is i think mostly gone um, okay. Just because PCs have pushed frame rate so much, mm -hmm. but that's not to say that some things are not tied to frame rate, uh, and, and that could potentially cause problems. Mm. The other thing I was thinking is not just 4K, but even in 1080p, um, the PS4 Pro implementations have had that inconsistency. So um, even just for basically for everyone that has a PS4 Pro, I want them to have a happy experience. I don't have one myself, but. Um, you know, if if it's not well implemented, then the whole upgrade thing will just be a joke, and that's not what we want. Right. Okay, so, is there anything that you hope the industry has learned this year that you wish that they would remember going into 2017? Ah, well, I may have jumped the gun on that question, <laughs> but... Because, yeah, it does, it does sound like that was your, your thing then, because that, that kind of straddles, I think, yeah, accidentally, I uh, accidentally I was thinking that. I guess anything yeah. that you're thinking for that. Um. Well, so obviously, I, I want people to very, very specifically remember No Man's Sky. Uh -huh. Um, that's true. If you're gonna, if you're gonna give us information, give us solid information. Mm -hmm. That was probably its biggest problem. Was you know, very unclear information, mm -hmm. which realistically we should be better about after the whole launch of the xbox one to begin with uh we should be very good about that kind of stuff so please please be very clear when you share information with people what is going into this game or whatever else mm. um so i would definitely say that um and uh, would I, you I would... say um on that would you say that uh your um you see the problem in that specific case, was more towards the developers than the consumer perception. I mean, it's an opinion. Um, There's no right or wrong answer. Just uh... yeah. I, I mean, I think it's. I think it's one of those things. It's like it's comes down to a basic of of communication. 
Mm-hmm. And even you are, and generally you are professionals in this arena, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we I, I, a certain somebody may, in that instance, may not be, but. Right, right. <laughs> but I, I just mean like the developers and the uh, PR people and whatever else are yeah. theoretically the professionals. Yeah, you know, we spend an inordinate amount of time playing these video games and mm. we should, you know, try to remember to keep better track of things to be better informed and whatever. Uh, but it is, I think, realistically just good business for you to do the best job you can communicating. That doesn't mean that you have to tell us everything, yeah. but that does mean that you have to be considerate of what you're not telling us. If you are vague about things, people are going to fill in the gaps and they might do it incorrectly. And that is going to have a negative impact on the consumer. It's going to have an impact on you. So, you know, just in general, PR people, please keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, I feel like, the, that, sorry, just the sort of, um, just to mm-hmm. sort of uh, remove any doubt. I The person I was speaking of was, uh, of course, Sean Murray. Um Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean to insult him too deeply, but in the sense that he is not um, a professional in the marketing side, that is evident. I think. Yes, very, very much so. I mean, he's been making games for, you know, quite a few years at this point, but mm-hmm. he's never been a PR guy, and he was trying to do his own PR. From all accounts, he would not accept help on PR from Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it is really on him, but. If anything, I guess maybe that's a lesson on hubris. Don't let your, you know, you know everybody been calling him a genius for however long. Oh my God, look at this guy. He's got all these brilliant ideas and <laughs> blow our minds and whatever. Maybe it got to his head. I don't know. Um, but just, you know, be mindful of what you're putting out there and what you're not putting out there. And leave it to the professionals in their fields. Yeah. And if you can, if you have somebody on hand that can help you with that, that is you know that's their job then then take that opportunity in in this specific instance um the other thing i i kind of hope is that uh i think this year has been a particularly strong year for uh i don't know if linear games is necessarily correct but Mm -hmm. for good narrative in games even in something like the witness which theoretically doesn't have much of a, a narrative it does have a very thoughtful way about how you progress through the game there is sort of this gradual opening up that is kind of almost narrative mm-hmm. um but in in general i mean if you look at a lot of games i i don't know if all of them necessarily delivered like titanfall the numbers weren't necessarily great um though it did i think recently chart again i don't know how that went uh-huh. um yeah uh so maybe it's doing a little bit better now mm-hmm. uh but you know a lot of games really went nuts on the story uh, Watch Dogs 2 really went after its story. Whether you liked it or not, it is definitely much better than the first one, and it's obvious that they put way more care into it. Um, Battlefield 1 is supposed to be a fantastic story. I haven't had the chance to play it, uh, but a, a lot of instances where like story really um, was a focus this year. I hope that kind of stuff continues, that people continue to put that much effort into story. Yeah. Um, I think that's you know, that's not the end-all be-all by any means. You know, there's nothing wrong with, like, if you look at um, Doom, which doesn't really have much of a narrative, um, though Jim Sterling would (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, semi-disagree. 
it's not like it's obviously not a focus of that game the narrative necessarily um and it's a fantastic game so you don't need to have narrative but if you're going to put it in you know please put the care in yeah um, and obviously take note of the fact that you know there are a lot of games this year that did story really well and people responded really well to that um and i hope that in the future people do remember that good story is being rewarded yeah it's a, it's a um, very last of us world and i think we're seeing <laughs> the people that were sort of influenced by that to really push story and i think that that's going to have a positive impact you know uh as you were talking about uh uh big budget games with uh a focus on story and then you said mm-hmm. the last of us in the end after i'd already realized as i i don't think we talked about uncharted 4 as best games of 2016 and i'm sort of mm-hmm. kicking myself because that's basically my favorite yeah. game of 2016 yeah i i uh i considered it putting it in my list um and i really enjoyed the game mm-hmm. um i think it was a good story and maybe it's just because i played so much stuff since then mm-hmm. um and it didn't quite stand out to me i think it does a lot of things really really well mm-hmm. uh but i think it just didn't quite do it for me um okay. in terms of in terms of fun like there are a lot of places where like i was playing the game and uh, you know i'm climbing this wall and climbing and climbing and I'm like okay this is getting a little bit i think the middle stretched a little too long there were certain aspects where you were playing but it was kind of rudimentary like not rudimentary it was uh kind of basic like you weren't doing anything really demanding you're just kind of traversing this beautiful landscape, which is fine, but it, it wasn't really pulling. Um, so while the quality is certainly there, and I definitely recommend the game, I don't know that it's quite up to par with the rest of the games for me personally. Okay. Well, yeah, for me it was it was great. So yeah, yeah. it is it is a great game. I, I would say it's it's no less than that. I, I, it's definitely a enjoyable game it's a very high quality game it is a great game um it's just there were stretches that were just a little bit too long where i just kind of lost my focus and realistically while there's a lot of stuff that i remember from it there's also a lot that i don't mm-hmm. so yeah but sorry i derailed you uh where were we i think we were talking about story and video games and how we uh, yes. would like to see more of it yes yeah yeah you were explaining that very well i definitely agree um as as silly as it is to say um like i was playing final fantasy 15 um a lot lately and the thing that struck me is i'm sitting there and i'm like man this is really beautiful and the thing that kept running through my mind was all of the emotions and the technologies you know and it was like it kept making me think of oh my god i cannot remember his name for like uh david cage right ah uh, yes I, I, I got that same connection <laughs> as yeah, you're saying and, and, and as, as silly as it is i i don't know that he's necessarily wrong um but i mean if it's maybe just the nature of the medium is is developing and so like the emotion that can be carried just because people are putting the thought into it is definitely there um mm-hmm. and i think the importance of delivering that is becoming more apparent Mm-hmm. but in in the the context of this i i would say that final fantasy 15 as an example does deliver that emotion i think pretty well as mm-hmm. long as you don't get irritated by prompt 
Yeah. Um, I, I think that's kind of a requisite. Um, he didn't annoy me, but I could see very easily where he'd be really annoying. Um, so if he annoys you, then that's kind of going to undo everything. <laughs> There's no way he can annoy me, basically, as me. So. Yeah. So. Uh, anyways, so that's uh, the past, the future of video games. Um, let us know what you hope to see in 2017. What was your favorite game of 2016? Uh, let us know. Um, we now have our games for PS Plus for January. Uh, should have come out today, I believe. Yep. Um, so for PlayStation 4, we've got uh, Day of the Tentacle Remastered, um, which is crossed by with Vita. It's got 58 trophies, one platinum, and the ratio is only a 1.17. Uh, there's obviously lots of guides to that, so if you get stuck, it shouldn't be too much of a problem to finish that. Yeah, it's an old-fashioned adventure game, right? Yep. Yeah, it occasionally has... I think it's, you know, being a later LucasArts game, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's much better than some of the earlier stuff, the uh, Curse of Monkey Island mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that, where the, it didn't always make sense. For the most part, if I remember correctly, Day of the Tentacle was pretty good about that. It didn't have too many of those moments, so it should be all right. But um, yeah, it, it may be a little bit impenetrable if you're not used to that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, this War of Mine, the little ones, uh, is coming. It's going to be 29 trophies, 1 platinum, 1.91 1 ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, for PlayStation 3, we've got Blaze Rush. Uh, it's going to be 21 trophies, no platinum, 1.55 ratio. And The Swindle, which is crossed by with PS4 and Vita, going to be 15 trophies, uh, no platinum, 2.33 ratio. Mm. So that's looking to be a pretty tough one. Uh, for Vita, we've got Askend 2, The World Beneath, which is 16 trophies, no platinum, a 2.07 ratio. And then Titan Souls, which is crossed by on PS4, 28 trophies, 1 platinum, a 3.11 ratio. Um, so that means that, what, four of these games are coming to PS4, um, which is not bad. It's pretty strong. And then, yeah, uh, Titan Souls is supposed to be a sort of uh, top-down sort of 2.5 like boss rush game i believe right um if i remember correctly it's like the main character has a bow and arrow literally one arrow Mm. um to beat the bosses um and he can you know after he shoots it he can recall the arrow to him but you only ever have one shot at a time yeah i think i heard of this supposed to be quite difficult and it's supposed to have a lot of bosses uh i don't know if the quality of the bosses is consistently high uh, but if that's your type of thing, uh, from all accounts, it should be pretty pretty good. Um, we're obviously, since we're a shorter man, we're going to skip the trophy game today. But uh, look out next week for more on that. Um, and then Ace isn't here. Did you want to do the uh, pops of the tops of the trophy, whatever? Sure. Should we alternate? Uh <laughs> Wait, are we going from bottom to top? Yeah, okay. Yes. Ace likes to do it from bottom to top, so let's do it in his style. Okay, and in honor of the late great uh, Ace. Well, hopefully not, but (laughs) the the soon-to-return Ace. Yes. Um, So coming at number five, the fifth most uh, popular... The game with the fifth most popular trophy this week. No, sorry, I'm... I'm messing it up. Ace, we need you. <laughs> uh, I know, right? Anyway, now. number five game, uh, Titanfall 2 with the graduate 
trophy. There's 150 wins, and that's a re-entry. It was obviously back. It was in the track charts earlier. Uh, the game was. Yep. Uh, Batman the Telltale animated series, whatever thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's the whole name. I think I might have made that up. Yeah, uh, but the Batman it, Telltale <laughs> Telltale game. Um, so that is bat is still on the list. It uh, got bumped down. It was in second, I believe, um, a couple weeks ago when we last did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trof- top trophy for it was Executive Decision, 162 wins plus six other trophies. Nice. So Titanfall two only got one in, <laughs> just edged yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Titanfall two managed to get in with just one trophy. It was the only trophy that game managed to get in the top. 50 trophies top 50 yeah it's quite a, yeah uh, and also um this is the uh top 50 50 most popular trophies for this week we unfortunately missed the one week where we were off and we we didn't record it but sorry about that uh, yeah but that's all right i mean you know just enjoy this week twice as much <laughs> yes um so number three is rise of the tomb raider coming back actually no this is a game that released a while ago, but this is the first time it's making the top 50, um, yep. I believe. So uh, the trophy here is called Strange Acquaintance. It's got 165 wins, just narrowly beating out the, um, Batman's one. And six other trophies in the top 50. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting that that ended up making it on the list after all this time. Mm, and to seven finally, To finally crack into the top 50. Mm. Um, a lot of Christmas gifts, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, so number two is uh, Watch Dogs 2, which had fallen off the list and has now returned. Um, it's the trophy third times the charm, which is 175 wins, and there were six other trophies. And then finally, number one. Final Fantasy 15. No turning back trophy. That's chapter two, I think he said. Um, yes. 183 wins. So that beats out all the others by a huge margin of just eight. But, um, yeah. Um, but it has 27 other trophies in. So that's more than half of the top 50. Go Final Fantasy. And sorry, that's yeah. only the North American version as well. So. Yes. Um, believe it. Yeah. It's, it, it seems like people have been taking their free time to pop some trophies for Final Fantasy 15. Um, even though the most popular one is just for completing chapter two. Mm. So uh, it's a relatively early trophy. Um, interestingly, so the number one trophy was that trophy with 183 wins. Um, two weeks ago when we last did this, uh, the top trophy was something in the vicinity of like 560, 570 wins. Mm. Um, so interestingly, over the uh, holiday break, when you would assume that there'd be more people playing games, it uh, looks like fewer people were popping trophies or there are just so many other games being played mm. that by comparison, Final Fantasy 15 just wasn't, you know, that that particular trophy didn't get popped as much. People weren't as uh, focused or weren't as sheepy this week. They weren't all playing the same game. So right, exactly. Exactly. Everyone had three minds for, for just one week and then back Yeah, then. which... Uh, in support of that theory is um, so for Final Fantasy 15 uh, the trophy was for completing chapter 2. For Watch Dogs 2 uh, third times the charm is a trophy for getting uh, for three vehicle jumps in the same vehicle 
which you usually get um, in a very early mission. Um, it's almost unmissable. Uh, I don't know about Strange Acquaintance because I, I haven't played Tomb Raider. Uh, executive decision is completing the, you know, or starting up uh, Chapter 5 of Batman. And then uh, Titanfall 2, The Graduate, the, tr the only trophy that's on here is for completing the tutorial. So almost all of the trophies are very early in the game. So it seems like a lot of people have uh, been getting back into games and starting games. Um, Excellent. That's the Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, um, realistically, we've been playing a bunch of Final Fantasy. <laughs> yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, did you have anything you wanted to say outside of Final Fantasy? Uh, so the only thing I've been playing outside of Final Fantasy is Uncharted 4 Survival, which I returned to, um, this week. Um, been playing it with, uh, two friends, Orvin Fenrir and, uh, Cornfan2007, shout out. Um, we're going for the completion. We're going for crushing difficulty. I, you may remember some weeks ago I talked about how it's quite a grindy mode, and while I'm not gonna fully rescind that, um, I do have some light, um, sort of to shed on that. In that, um, I've just discovered this week that if you step up the difficulty to hard and play the first mission on hard, you get so much experience. Um, that basically, as soon as you're capable of it, you can farm that and um, well, and then continue to play hard, and you get so much more experience that your level will then start to shoot up once again. And it feels it doesn't have that sort of tapering off feeling. It has like um, for a while it was a bit slow, and now I'm on the right track, and it's gone again to the right speed. Um, so I'm feeling like the progression is back on, which is brilliant. That's exactly how it should be in many ways, in that you have a new avenue to grow a lot. Like like when you're playing uh, any RPG and you kill higher level enemies, they give you more XP and then you continue to level up at the same pace as you go. So it's like that. So that's nice. So it, it, it seems to have, if you play on crushing, it's got a better uh, sort of curve to it? Uh, I bet it will, but I feel like a lot of people will try and get to um, 40, if not 50, which is the cap um, by the time yeah. they start crushing. So maybe you don't need so much. But the other yeah. thing, the way it does reward you on crushing is that it will give you level 5 weapons, um, which is the best weapons. Um, so even if you've maxed out your exp your level, you can get um, weapon upgrades from playing on crushing. So I feel like it will continue to reward you in some ways. Mm -hmm. All right. Sounds good. Mm. Um, so aside from that, I played a bunch of Final Fantasy fifteen. Do you want to do the spoilers now? Do you want to wait until maybe next week and see if Ace wants to have input? Uh, could do. Yeah. I'm not sure if Ace will have finished it. Uh, well, I mean, but even if he hasn't finished it, we can still just do it next week. Okay, sure. Yeah, okay. So we'll just do that then. So for um, everyone who's listening and playing Final Fantasy XV, like, uh, see if you can finish the story for next week. And if you've already finished it, uh, go ahead and play some of those extra dungeons and more of the post-game stuff. If you haven't tried the secret dungeon that you can reach with a certain Regalia upgrade, go ahead and do that. I want to talk about it. So Yeah, um, I, I'm aiming to have the Platinum by the end of tonight, probably. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't actually necessarily mean a whole lot. Uh, there's, realistically, of the end game content, 
the platinum probably only gets you through about 30% of it. It seems like maybe 20% of the end game content uh, at most. So was, there's, there's still plenty for me to do. I would say that, that um, the platinum requires you to be strong enough to fight a certain boss on normal difficulty. And it also requires you to be able to be a certain super boss, like a special end game boss. Uh, difficulties mm-hmm. unspecified um requires you to beat him and he takes a lot of damage um but you can do that you can whistle away at that basically as soon as you get to the end game but if you do the end game stuff that's not involved in trophies you get all sorts of um better weapons better accessories you can obviously level up to 99 which you probably or you definitely didn't need level 99 to finish the story 40 to 60 most people will finish at um so you become you can become more strong and beat that special boss for that trophy later or earlier so in that sense the platinum can be obtained far before you've done much of the end game if you like yeah yeah it depends on how uh grindy you want your platinum (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i i guess how much you want it to encompass because it's not it's not so much a grind i'd say um it's just more content uh, yeah yep um so anyways yeah go and uh play that finish up if you can um and then we're gonna probably talk about it next week um we'll probably leave it for the end of the podcast so that yeah. way it's nice and easy if you want to just drop out so that way you don't overhear anything you don't need to hear yeah. um you can just drop out of that um so i think that's going to wrap up the podcast for this week thanks for listening Uh, We will see you probably next week. Um, And until then, uh, bye-bye. Have fun. See you around. Well, damn it. As soon as I hit stop recording, it occurred to me that next week I'm on vacation, so there will not be an episode next week. Unfortunately, that means you'll have to wait two weeks for the spoiler cast, but don't worry, we will be doing it. Uh, You're just going to have to wait a couple of weeks for that. Uh, Again, sorry about that.